Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Hey teachers, happy summer. Have you heard? We're switching things up here on the Classroom Commute podcast and we're trading in our daily drive to school with a summer teacher road trip. What's that mean? Well, each week this summer, we are visiting some of the most popular tourist destinations, aka the most popular podcast episodes of this past school year. So listen in, get re-inspired, and best of all, make sure you have joined our email family so that you can snag some exclusive freebies that only they will get and get access to hot summer deals at the Classroom Nook Teacher Shop. We'll link up all the details in the show notes so you don't miss out. All right, grab your favorite road trip snack and let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Classroom Commute Podcast. It is back to school season and this is my favorite time of year. I get so giddy and excited with all things back to school. I used to love it when I was in my own classroom and now as I am supporting other teachers, it is my favorite time to support teachers as they prepare to go back to school for their own classrooms. Now I know some of you are already back in school. That's okay. This episode is still going to be super valuable for you today as we talk about questions to ask yourselves before you start readers and writers workshop. I'm going to talk about them together as just the workshop model in general, because a lot of the questions that you're going to ask yourself when you are preparing for the workshop model, whether it's in readers or writers, are a lot of the same questions. So I'm going to kind of combine the two today. If you want to deep dive into readers workshop specifically and writers workshop specifically, last summer I did two episodes all about how to set up readers and writers workshop in your classroom. So if you want to check those specific episodes out, I will link to them in the show notes. They're going to be super helpful, especially especially if you are just starting out and you haven't done the workshop model. It kind of lays it all out for you brick by brick so you know exactly what to do, what to prepare for, and how to roll this out in your classroom. But today, I kind of want to refocus our minds on the questions that you ask yourself before starting. Now, again, if you already started, no worries. These are some reflection questions that you can make sure that you, you know, if you haven't answered these questions, now's a good time to do that and maybe put into place some of these systems that we're going to be talking about today. So no worries. If you've already started, you can still kind of think through these and apply them to this school year. Now, I also wanted to tell you that you do not have to take notes today because I have two amazing freebies for you over in our members resource library, and it is a complete teacher's guide to reader's workshop and a complete teacher's guide to writer's workshop. And what you'll find in there are some of the questions that we're talking about today, but you'll also find your first 20 days of what to cover in your readers and writers workshop. It is a an amazing freebie. So make sure you go over and grab them. They're two separate guides. You can download them both and use them as you're planning your first 20 days. All right, let's dive right in. The first set of questions are all about preparing your room for your workshop model, whether it's readers or writers. Creating an atmosphere that is inviting for your readers and writers is step 
one to getting started. So here are some things to consider. Whether you're talking about readers or writers, I want you to consider where you're going to allow your students to be when they're reading and writing independently. So maybe you are going to allow them to have pillows or carpet squares or beanbag chairs. A lot of those things are really fun and get students excited about reading and writing, but you need to decide where students are going to be allowed to read and write so that you can set the expectations for those special areas around your room before you get started. And you might not want to start out with that at the beginning of the year. Maybe you want to have them start at their desks so that you have a little bit more of a structured environment before you kind of let them get a little bit more comfortable around the room. But again, you need to decide that before you get started. Another question you're going to want to ask yourself and plan for is where are you going to have your students keep their independent reading and writing materials? So if we're talking about reading workshop, where are your students going to keep the books that they're reading independently? Where are they going to be keeping their readers notebooks or folders or wherever that you're having them keep their materials in. Make sure that you have a clear spot for that, whether that's at their desks or maybe you have a shelf designated in your classroom for that. Make sure you know where that's going to be so that again, you can model for them how to get and return their materials, when it's appropriate to get their materials and so on. You know, same thing for writers. Are they gonna have their writing materials in a certain area? Do you have bins or baskets for storing their writer's notebooks or composition notebooks or spiral notebooks or their writing folders, whatever it is. Decide where you're gonna have your students keep their materials for reading and writing. Now, I have a couple questions that you're going to want to ask yourselves that are specific to Reader's Workshop. And those are, one, where will your classroom library be? You probably already know where that is, but, you know, go beyond to where it's going to be and decide things like what it's going to look like. Are you going to have a certain theme? Are you going to be using specific posters and decorations to kind of make that area of your classroom stand out? You want students to be excited to go to the classroom library, so what can you do to make that area look amazing in your classroom? And along the same lines, how are you gonna organize the books that are in your classroom library? Your library is gonna have a lot of variety of topics and genres and authors and reading levels, so you want to think of a way that you can organize that so that students can find books that are interesting to them as well as books that are going to be appropriate for their reading level. So some of the ways that I know teachers organize books and you can use a combination of these are you know, organizing by reading level. I don't recommend that you only organize your classroom library by reading level, You know things like DRA or Lexi level, because you don't want students to feel limited to only a certain section of the library, but you can have areas of your library or within other categories of your library kind of organized by that reading level if you need to. You can organize by topics. I used to love having bins in my classroom and each bin had a little label. So I had books about space or books about sports or action and adventure books. And within those different categories, I had a color code system and I would put little round color dot stickers on the corner of a book and that sticker color would indicate what reading level it was on. So students could not only choose a book that was of an interesting topic to them, but they could also make sure that it was on their reading level. You can also organize by genres or authors, or like I said, you can do a combination of all the above, but you want to make sure that you know how your classroom library is going to be organized so that you can get it set up and ready to go and then communicate to your students how to go about finding books in your library. Another question you're going to want to ask yourself when it comes to Reader's Workshop specifically is what system will you use for checking books in and out of your classroom library? 
this can get really chaotic. You got books that go out to different students and then they get disorganized and you never know where a book ends up. So there are a number of digital tools that you can use to keep track of your books, such as using a scanner like the IntelliScanner or an online catalog system like the BookSource Classroom Organizer. You can even use different apps on your phone like iBookshelf, BookCrawler, and BookBuddy. I will link to those resources in the show notes and you can find you know what particular method works best for you and they will help you you know just keep tabs on where your books are and who has them and of course there is always the old-fashioned sign in sign out method using paper and pencil and that's totally fine too if that's your jam just make sure that you communicate again how your students are to use that system so that you keep things organized and you don't have books go missing whatever you decide You'll want to start this system early on in the school year, like right now, so that your students get better and better at using this system as the year goes on. One last question that you might want to consider when you're preparing your room specifically for Readers or Writers Workshop is where in your classroom are you going to meet with small groups or do your reading and writing conferences? An important component of your workshop, whether it is readers or writers, is that time that you're going to be spending in small groups or individually with your students. So you'll want to place a consistent place in your classroom, one that your students, you know, come to know and expect that you will meet with small groups or in conferences. So for small groups, maybe you have a kidney table in the back of your classroom where students come to you, they bring their reading and writing um, materials with them. They know that they're expected to bring those materials with them. And you maybe have your own set of supplies there ready to go when you meet in small groups. For conferences, maybe you're going to go directly to the students. And I do suggest that you go to the students where they are in the classroom, whether they're at their desk or spread out throughout the room, because that then eliminates, you know, that transition movement where you send one student back to their seat to continue on with reading and writing and you call another student. You really lose a lot of minutes in that transition time. So I would suggest that for individual conferences, go to the student, and for small groups, you can call them back to a small table if you have one in your classroom. All right, I know I've already covered a lot of questions and things to consider, but remember, you don't need to take notes. You've got those two freebies that cover all this information and more over at the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 84. So now that you've considered, you know, how you're going to prepare your classroom, you're going to know where students are keeping their materials, where your classroom library is going to be, where you're going to allow your students to read and write when it's their turn to do it independently, and how you're going to set your room up for a small group and individual reading and writing conferences. Now let's talk about the things that are happening during Readers and Writers Workshop itself. You might be thinking, what should I be teaching in my mini lessons at the beginning of the school year. And I do want to focus specifically on the beginning of the school year because it does focus heavily on routines and procedures and behavioral expectations of the workshop model. I know that it's super tempting to want to dive right into your first reading or writing unit, but trust me and do yourself a ginormous favor by taking the time, and I'm saying almost an entire month here of focusing on those routines and procedures. You will thank yourself later, your students, and you will be running like a well-oiled machine once the school year gets going. And then you can really focus on those skills and strategies that you need to teach in your curriculum. So when you think about what you should be teaching in your mini lessons, first you're going to focus on routines and procedures, and then you're going to focus on your main reading and writing curriculum that maybe is provided by your school or your district or your state. 
So some of the topics that you might cover at the beginning of the year are things like, very simply, what is Reader's or Writer's Workshop? You're going to spend one day specifically on answering that question for your students. What does it look like in your classroom? What are the components? And things like that. Then you're going to maybe spend an entire mini lesson. And again, we're talking, you know, five, 10 minutes talking about how you expect them to come to and from the gathering area. Maybe you have a carpet in the front of the room that they come to for the mini lesson. You're going to practice that. You're going to talk about what it should look like and sound like. That's your mini lesson for the day. Maybe you have a mini lesson all about how to use your reading and writing materials or what the materials are in general. You know, where are they going to be kept? When are they allowed to go get them? How do they put them back at the end of your workshop time? You might have a mini lesson about choosing just right books if we're talking specifically readers and writers workshop. You might talk about how to take care of yourself so you're not causing interruptions during small group time. You might talk about developing reading and writing goals. That might be a couple mini lessons depending on whether or not your students are used to creating reading and writing goals. And again, in that freebie, in actually those two freebies over at the show notes, I give you an entire list of mini lessons that you can cover at the beginning of the school year. So make sure you grab those two freebies from our members resource library. Okay, we've talked about questions to ask yourself about how to prepare your classroom for readers and writers workshop. We just talked a little bit about some of the mini lessons that you'll want to make sure you cover at the beginning of the school year. Now let's turn our focus to what will the practice time of your readers and writers workshop look like? Now I talk pretty in depth about what a practice time is in those initial podcast episodes that I did last summer, all about launching readers and writers workshop. So if you want the full details about what a practice time is in the workshop model, make you check those episodes out. But with the design of the workshop model, you're really free to set up your practice time for your readers and writers workshop in the way that best supports your students. So if we are talking about readers workshop specifically, your practice time might consist of two or more rotations lasting about 20 minutes each, maybe more or less depending on the age of your students. You know, you might have different literacy stations that students rotate through. Maybe one of those stations is coming to you at the guided reading table. You need to decide, you know, what's going to best fit your students. And it might look differently at the beginning of the year as you gradually increase your time during that practice time in your readers workshop. You might start off with just one or two rotations, let them get really good at doing that, then add a second or a third rotation on and a fourth and so on until you reach the amount of time that you want your students to be able to spend during that practice time of readers workshop. And if you're just getting started with the workshop model, keep it simple. You do not have to have your students rotating through four or five centers every single day. You might start out with just having you meeting with a small group at the back guided reading table and the rest of your students are working independently at their seats or around the room and not rotating through centers. Get good at that first before you start making it more complex. You'll make yourself stay a whole lot more sane and your students will also not feel so overwhelmed. Some teachers like to meet with one to two small groups Monday through Friday, and while they're doing that, students are rotating around through centers or working independently. Other teachers, and and this is how I used to do Reader's Workshop, would meet with guided reading groups Monday through Thursday, And while I was meeting with a small group at the back table, my students were working independently at their seats, doing some quieter activities instead of centers. And then on Fridays, that's when I would be doing some conferencing and my students would be doing their center rotations around the room. So you really just have to find what works for you, but you kind of need to ask yourself these questions before you get going. And you know what? If you do get going and you find that what you've chosen isn't working, you have the ability and the right to make a change and make it work for you if what you've originally chosen wasn't a good fit. 
Now, along the same lines of thinking about what that practice time is going to look like, whether you're doing centers five days a week or only one day a week, or if in writer's workshop, you're not really doing centers at all, you do need to decide what types of activities students will be doing during that practice time. So of course, they're going to be doing things like reading and writing independently and working on the different books and writing pieces that they are working on. But there are also other activities that you can have them do during that practice time as well. In reader's workshop, you'll have your guided reading groups. You might have them partner read, go to a listening center, a word center, a vocabulary center, all sorts of different centers that you could do during that time. Maybe you have them working on computers or smart board and whiteboard centers. There are so many options. And I have, again, a huge list of these activities in that free resource over at the show notes. In writer's workshop, you'll obviously definitely have them be doing some independent writing, whether that's an assigned writing piece or free choice. You might also have them do things like researching for informational writing pieces. You're going to be doing conferences. Maybe they're completing graphic organizers or creating lists to help them organize their writing. You've, of course, got the whole writing process. Maybe they're brainstorming and drafting one day and editing and revising another day. And um, you might also have them do other activities that help them practice certain writing skills, like you know, working on word choice and adding dialogue and crafting new leads and adding transition words. There are so many options. And of course, these types of activities are gonna change throughout the year depending on what skills and strategies you're focusing on. So it can be flexible. And you know, this practice time is definitely a ever-evolving time during your readers and writers workshop. All right, so we've asked ourselves some questions about how to prepare your room, what your mini lessons are going to look like, what types of activities and what your practice time is going to look like during the main portion of your reading and writing workshop. Now let's consider some things to ask yourself about when you're closing your readers and writers workshop. Similar to your mini lesson, your closing is going to be short and brief, but there are some things that you need to ask yourself about what that short time is going to look like. One of the things that I suggest doing at the closing portion of your workshop is to have what I call a share chair. I did an entire episode on this and I will link to it in the show notes, but essentially it's a fun and exciting time for your students to kind of come back together and share things that they worked on or accomplished or want advice on that they were working on during the independent time. So a student for writer's workshop might come and they share the lead that they wrote for their story and ask for advice or suggestions or comments about what they wrote. In reader's workshop, Maybe they share a favorite portion of a book that they read or shared how they applied a reading strategy. This can be a super valuable time because it helps students kind of bring it all together and show how they're actually doing with the skills and the strategies that you're teaching in your mini lessons and in your guided reading or conferencing time. So think about what you want that time to look like. Are you going to have a special chair that they sit in for when they share? Are you going to have them wear a special crown or a sash or a button? These are all kind of silly things, but they can make a huge impact on how your students view this time. So it's something that you want to consider. And then, of course, you're going to want to ask yourself how you want your students to return to their seats or transition into the next activity. Are they going to put their materials away? Are you going to have a student from each table group collect materials? Those are the types of things that you want to know ahead of time so that you can then um, share those expectations with your students. One last thing I want you to consider as you are preparing for your reading and writing workshop is your conference time. Conferencing is such a critical component of your workshop, whether it's reading or writing, because it's a time for you to learn about your students as individual readers and writers, and it's a time for you to really hone in on their individual needs. So this takes a little prep on your part because you need to think about, number one, we've talked about where you're going to meet for your conferencing, but how you're going to schedule it. We talked a little bit about 
this when we were thinking about, you know, your practice time, about where you're fitting in your conferences, but you really need to decide when you're going to be meeting with your students so that you can let your students know when you're meeting with them and they can come prepared for your conferences. Now, ideally, you want to set a time each day, a little bit of time to conference with a few students. I know this isn't always possible, but it's kind of the goal, the aim, because you don't want to go too long without having different touch points with your students because, you know, they're, they're going to get going and they're reading and they're writing and you're going to kind of lose touch with where they are. So try to fit a few conferences in each day and rotate your students through. If conferencing each day is not possible, then maybe you want to block off one rotation in your work period if you're, you know, having your students rotate through different centers for being a time to meet for conferencing. So instead of meeting with a guided reading group or a small group during writing, maybe you meet with individual students instead. I think fitting in conferencing time is a lot easier in writer's workshop because they do a lot more independent writing. And so it's easy to kind of touch base with different students as they're working independently. In reader's workshop, it gets a little more tricky because they're working more in small groups at different centers or maybe at your guided reading group. So you got to be a little bit more creative. So one of the ways that you can fit conferencing into your reader's workshop is to spend, you know, a guided reading group time instead of working it together as a whole group. You can still call them back to your guided reading table, but instead of working working together, you're going to kind of have them working independently at the guided reading table and then listening in and conferencing with individual students as they're reading. It's one of those trial and error things. You kind of just got to pick one way that you think is going to work for your classroom and in your setup. Try it. Do it for a couple weeks. See how it's working. And if it's not working, make a change and move on. This is going to be, you know, something, especially if you're just getting started with the workshop model that you have to kind of tweak and perfect and get better as you go. As you do it for a couple of years, you'll really start to know how you work best with the workshop model and kind of make it your own. It's a lot to think about, isn't it? (laughs) I've said it before, reading and writing workshop has a lot of moving parts and a lot of things to think about before you get going. So that's why I want you to make sure you snag those two freebies, the Teacher's Guide to Reader's Workshop and the Teacher's Guide to Writer's Workshop over at the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 84. And it will give you everything that we've talked about today, along with your first 20 days of reading and writing workshop. Your lessons are already planned for you. How awesome is that? And if you want a full guide, all the teaching resources, all of the student resources, all of the training videos for doing reading and writing workshop in your classroom so that you can set it up for success right from the beginning of the school year, make sure you check out my Launching Readers and Writers Workshop bundle that I have over on TPT. It has everything that you need to set up for Readers Workshop and Writers Workshop at the beginning of the year. I mean everything, bulletin board sets, printables. It's also completely digital. So I know things are still up in the air with schools this year. Some of you I know are still doing virtual teaching. Crazy that we're still in this mess, but it's been super helpful for teachers who are still kind of having to teach virtually or maybe in person or both or whatever. It's there for you. So I will link to the bundle over in the show notes. Okay, take a deep breath. We covered so much today. I hope it got the wheels turning in your head about kind of thinking and planning for Reader's Workshop and Writer's Workshop in your classroom this year. It doesn't have to be complicated. I've laid it all out for you step-by-step in the freebie and then even more so with all the supporting resources in the bundle that I have over at TPT. So check those out. 
get what you need and have a successful start to your school year when it comes to Readers and Writers Workshop. All right, that's all I have for you today. I hope you have a great start to your week. If you are finishing out your summer and launching into the school year, I am with you every step of the way. I can't wait to connect with you again next week. Bye for now.